You're listening to Soundbites, a podcast by the Arkansas Philharmonic Orchestra to share, inspire, and empower our classical music community here in Northwest Arkansas and beyond. My name is Erjing Kong, your host for the podcast and concertmaster of APO. Let's explore, arguably, one of the most recognized motifs in classical music and how it continues to live on in unexpected ways through sampling. But first, let's talk about Beethoven's Symphony No. 5. Written in 1808, this symphony is considered a musical representation of fate, where the motif, is the sound of fate knocking at the door. It symbolizes the ultimate musical journey from darkness to light. But what was the fate for Beethoven, you might ask? The fate of deafness. When the symphony was written, Beethoven was already hard of hearing, suffering from tinnitus, which began around 1798 and progressively became worse until he grew completely deaf within 16 years. In his famous Heiligenstadt Testament from 1802, Beethoven wrote, quote, There is little holding me back from ending my own life. It is only art that keeps me going. It is both the ultimate depiction of despair and commitment to fulfill one's musical destiny. It marked a turning point where a phase in Beethoven's life ended and a new phase marking the revolutionary figure of Beethoven began. Since his deafness effectively ended his career as a pianist and forged his new path as a composer, Without noticing, Beethoven developed a new orchestral language, went beyond the normal scope of the symphony as it was traditionally understood, expanded the length of compositions, and his orchestral sound gained greater depth and intensity. Beethoven wrote to a friend, quote, I want to grasp fate by the throat. It should not bring me down completely. Beethoven the man was intensely interested in literature and philosophy, but above all, politics. He was extremely enthusiastic about the French Revolution and shared its ideals of freedom, equality, and brotherhood. Beethoven often incorporated rhythms and motifs from French revolutionary music in his works, including, most likely, the first four notes in the opening motif of his Fifth Symphony. Some interpret this symphony as a revolutionary work coming from new philosophical aspects of the French Revolution. The finale, explosive statements in C major, is not described as a symphony of fate, but as a chanti-victoire, a victory anthem or triumphal march. Thank you. 
What is remarkable is the cultural significance Beethoven has gained post-Beethoven. For it's possible that even this idea of fate was added posthumously rather than intended originally. During World War II, for example, the opening motif became known as Beethoven's Victory Symphony after Winston Churchill started using V for victory as a catchphrase in 1940. V, of course, is also the Roman numeral for five, coinciding nicely, though coincidentally, with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. The rhythm of the opening phrase, short, 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 long, is also used for the letter V in Morse code. There are many more interesting coincidences and cultural markers, and the more I look for them, the more I notice its prevalence. I even noticed Beethoven calling me the other day when I used my airdrop function and noticed its striking similarity to the symphony's opening motif. Whether it is a symbol of victory, a symphony of fate, or just a musical cliche, Beethoven and his Fifth Symphony have undoubtedly proven its enduring existence in modern day. Sampling Beethoven has certainly been one of the ways the Fifth Symphony has been able to enjoy a varied and continued incarnation. Let's talk about one of the most famous examples, Walter Murphy's A Fifth of Beethoven. Most recently, the theme song for the show, Mrs. America, Walter Murphy's disco adaptation topped the charts in 1976 and was featured in Saturday Night Fever's soundtrack in 1977. The song was in response to an idea a producer gave him with regard to, quote, updating classical music, which nobody had done lately. Although Murphy went on to do more disco fusions and samples, none were as successful as A Fifth of Beethoven. In music, sampling is the reuse of a portion, or sample, of a sound recording in another recording. Samples may comprise elements such as rhythm, melody, speech, sounds, or entire bars of music, and may be layered, equalized, sped up or slowed down, repitched or otherwise manipulated. Sampling is a foundation of hip-hop music, which emerged with 1980s producers sampling funk and soul records, particularly drum breaks, to be rapped over. Sampling has since influenced all genres of music, particularly electronic music and pop. Samples such as the Amen Break, 
The funky drummer drum break and orchestra hit have been used in thousands of recordings. It is also a fundamental element of remix culture, a culture that allows and encourages derivative works by combining or editing existing materials to produce a new creative work or product. A remix culture is permissive of efforts to improve upon, change, integrate, or otherwise remix the work of copyright holders. While combining elements has always been a common practice of artists of all domains throughout human history, the growth of exclusive copyright restrictions in the last several decades limits this practice and represents a complex cultural, artistic, and legal issue. And when I say it's a complex issue, I mean delineating what is imitation or stealing or appropriation versus what is inspiration or homage. All ideas come from other ideas and sampling is, at its very core, a way to recontextualize messages for sure. But whether that recontextualization is an exterior outfit that we don on or a way to reclaim power depends on one's perspective. Let's use Beethoven 5 as an example. There will be plenty of folks who will disapprove of these samples from Walter Murphy and Robin Thicke as tacky or irreverent, or even a kind of artistic cheating since they're building upon someone else's work. But I'm sure there will be others who will think of this as interesting, fun, and as much as some may see the appropriation of Beethoven's message into a disco song to be irreverent, others may see it as a way to extend Beethoven's reach into modern times. With artistic movements that celebrate sampling, along with the availability of technology that makes sampling easier, in an increasingly globalized world, the question of who owns culture, what fidelity to that culture means, what the interpretive and creative purview of artists are, and intentions behind openly sampled excerpts all create this complex picture that is not easily categorized into simple rules and definitions. It is perhaps for this very reason, however, that sampling represents one of the foundational characteristics of artistic democracy and the wide range of ways it can be manifested artistically, as well as consumed and interpreted by its audiences.
Thank you for tuning in to APO's Soundbites. If you enjoyed the episode, please share and tell your friends. More information about APO can be found on their website, arphil.org, A-R-P-H-I-L dot O-R-G, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Please join us again next time for more explorations in the rich world of classical music. <laughs>